I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome back to the Psych Legal Pop Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about popular culture through the lens of an attorney and a therapist. I'm the therapist, Tess Brigham. And I'm the attorney, Brooke Brigham. Well, today is what we call a very special podcast. (laughs) Just like those back-to-school specials. a very special back-to-school special. Yes. (laughs) Involving teen pregnancy of some (laughs) Or drugs. Yes. But today is... Here in the U.S., (laughs) um, Thanksgiving, and I hope all of you are enjoying your Thanksgiving with your families, um, hopefully. Uh, um, So we thought we would do something a little different. We're not going to recap any shows. We're not going to talk about Sister Wives or some documentary. We are going to talk about ourselves. Um, and so one thing that we don't really do that much that a lot of podcasts do is they they tend to spend the first 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes uh, <laughs> talking about themselves, their lives, what they're doing, what's been going on. Maybe they'll talk about recent events or pop culture. I mean, or, you know, whatever it is that's going on in the world. And we don't do that that much um, for various reasons. I think for me personally, being a therapist, it's always been a little strange for me to talk about myself Mm -hmm. um, just because I've been conditioned so much not to talk about myself and not to promote myself so much. Um, And I also get a little embarrassed about it. It's probably one of the reasons why I'm not a millionaire. (laughs) I I often think that as I... um, try to build my business, which I've been trying to do for the last seven, eight years, I um, probably could be doing a lot better, a better job of, of promoting myself. And I don't toot my own horn enough. Maybe it's being a woman and, yeah, you know, growing up at the time that I did, but I was always told, you know, be nice and don't be full of yourself. So yeah, don't brag. Don't brag. Exactly. Which is the opposite of what people do now yes. like generations uh, coming up now yes 
So total opposite. We're Gen Xers. And we were told not to brag and not to be full of yourself. And then I went to grad school and was told you're supposed to be a blank slate and don't be a part of anything. So I have always sort of hid behind all of those things. So don't talk a lot about myself. Um, So, but today we're going to talk about ourselves and, you know, we would love to get some feedback and hear from people about what you think, if you want us to talk a little bit more about ourselves, but you know, we do talk about our experiences, you know, peppered into the podcasting, you know, um, and our families, our Our mother hates it when we talk about her. Oh, she gets so upset. Oh yeah. She's so worried that people are going to figure out who she is. Yeah. It's like, mom, none of these people know you and nor do they care. Yeah. They don't care. They don't even know your name. (laughs) We have different last names. They don't know you. I mean, yeah. And they don't care. (laughs) People generally only care about themselves and a few other people. (laughs) So we, where should we start? Because the first thing is, is that this is Tess. I am the younger of the two. The one thing that we realized is probably people don't even know who's older and who's younger. So Brooke is the older one yes. by, by, we say four years, but three and three quarters. <laughs> yes. Three and three quarters, as our mom would always yeah. say. So we were incredibly, we were planned and we have known our entire lives. We are four years apart because our parents did not want to pay for college at the same time. <laughs> So that's how we knew we were going to college and that our lives were, we knew exactly where the path was going from day one. Yes. And I was purposefully conceived (laughs) right before my dad graduated from law school because he had run out of deferments and didn't want to go to Vietnam. Our mother considers herself a war bride. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She said everyone was getting married their senior year of college yes. to keep, you know, to get a deferment, to not have to go to Vietnam. And then my dad went to law school to not go to Vietnam. And then when that was coming to the end, then I came along. Yes. So they there was. Yeah, I mean, I think there was love there. <laughs> I think so. I think it wasn't a total just transactional. I don't think. <laughs> But it was the 60s and they met in college. And I think it was the time where people were like, hey, you look good. <laughs> they were both as we if you listen to our Bama Rush um, episode, we talked about our own uh, uh, experiences being in a sorority. And both of our parents were in um, the uh, sorority and fraternity. And we talked a little bit about that. And um, so, yeah, that's how they met. And I think it was almost kind of like this this duck duck goose thing. It was like right. whoever was available. At right. That it's like, it was oh, like, hey, I like you yeah and it's about time we get married so let's get married yeah and even though this is the 60s this is this is still they came from very traditional families and Mm -hmm. were very we were just reading we're going through some stuff of um we're doing something for our our mom's birthday and we found a newspaper article about Mm -hmm. her wedding yeah and it was so formal and so i felt like i was reading something from the 40s yes it was very very formal but so they both came from you know they weren't part of the counterculture they sort of flirted with being hippies you know like right out around the time when you were born it didn't last very long, yeah. you know. I mean, they weren't living off the land. We were living in a very nice house with a swimming pool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like. But anyway, yes, I digress. But um, where were you going with this? Well, I was just saying that they, um, that that it was, you know, everyone was getting married. 
And so they got married and yes, a lot. I think that they, they obviously, they loved each other. They wanted to build a life together, but the Vietnam war was definitely pushing them to make certain decisions. Right. Right. And so Brooke, they had Brooke Mm -hmm. and then they waited exactly four years because to have me because, and it was very much that, that we were going to go to college. It was very much, we knew that I knew that that's what my path was going to be. I think I was a teenager before I figured out that, going to college was not required. Yeah. I thought it was required. Yeah. That's all I'd ever known. Because it was shoved down our throats. Exactly. Yeah. But we wanted to go to college, luckily. Yes. Yes, it was a good time. It's fun and someone else is paying the bill. Yeah. Why why wouldn't you? Yeah. I don't. uh, Yeah. If someone else is picking up that tab. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. It's a good time. Yeah. So, um, but our parents, our parents got divorced when I was six and you were 10 mm-hmm. and our father very quickly got remarried. Um, that's a whole other story that maybe we might save for a Patreon. Um, but that's a totally different thing. But we have a very unusual situation because um, what happened was that when I tests was 10 and Brooke was 14, my mom and I moved to the Bay Area, we moved to Berkeley and Brooke stayed in Ukiah, this small town where I was born. And she lived with our father and stepmother. And I think that what's so interesting about the two of us is we are, you know, full sisters and we definitely feel like full sisters. Mm-hmm. You've always felt like my sister, but we've lived very different lives. Like our high school experiences are very different. Our, you know, you feel like you grew up in this small town. You kind of, yeah. And I feel very much, even though our father gets pissed every time I say I grew up in the Bay area, he's like, no, you were born in Ukiah. Yeah. But we also saw each other every weekend. Yes. So yes. every weekend, either I would come to the Bay area Or you would go up to Ukiah. And so we we did that every weekend. Every week. We took the Greyhound bus. You did for a while. Yeah. And my parents would drive me because I was, yes. Yeah, you were younger. So Brooke was 14, so they would put her on the Greyhound bus. Can you imagine? Yeah. (laughs) Until I got my driver's license and then I could drive. And they did that for two years. And then I was 10, so they didn't think I was old enough to get on the Greyhound bus. So my parents would drive back and forth. And the meeting place was Petaluma. And our father bitched and moaned about that because his big thing was that's farther than halfway. And my mom and mom <laughs> and mom was like, because of traffic, right? it takes it, longer. It takes yeah. longer. And I swear to God, I heard about that fight. Oh, I know. For I don't know how long about whether or not Petaluma or Santa Rosa. It still comes if up. If you sometimes. live around here, you know, <laughs> you know that big fight. And then at some point, I can't remember how old I was when they finally put me on the Greyhound bus. Mm-hmm. I think I was 11. I think they, d- they did that for like a year. <laughs> and they were like, like oh, she's, she's fine. old enough. <laughs> so th- you got to understand about the Greyhound bus. At that time, you could smoke on the bus. Oh, it always smelled like smoke. But only in the last like three or four rows. Yeah. But you got to like understand. Like it matters. It's, well, you're in a trapped tube. Well, it's like, the, yeah, they, they used to be smoking on planes. Yes. In every restaurant. Yeah. It, but when you're trapped in a tube with a bunch of other people smoking it's disgusting it gets into your clothes it was gross yeah. it was so gross it was but and and so we did that so Brooke and I saw each other every single weekend in some new location every every weekend but in but we and we did that for so long and and then what what happened it was almost kind of like 
But once you went off to college, yeah, I went to college and then- I stopped going up there because there was nothing for me to do. I had no friends up there. You were gone. Yeah. And by that time I was in high school and I was like, I have stuff to do. <laughs> I was just right. like, I have a life. Yeah. And I didn't want to keep going up there. And I know I didn't want to go on the Greyhound bus and I think I just eventually just petered out and was mm-hmm. like, oh, you can come down here, dad, if you want. And dad did. He would come down and, and listen, dad was really good about he I was in all the high school plays. I was in, you know, anything that I did, he always showed up for, you know, all of my um, parent teacher things. He was really good about all of those those pieces. Of yeah, things. they were very, very good at co-parenting. Yes, very, very good. And um, yeah, there was never any. I don't remember there ever really being any issues besides the meeting place in Petaluma. <laughs> that was the only, that was the one thing <laughs> that they disagreed about. But but yeah. And then when I went to college, I I once I left Ukiah, I was like, I don't really feel any need to ever go back. Yeah. It was kind of like I, I think I came home that first Christmas and, you know, went up there for a little bit. But then after that, I just came home to mom's house. Yeah. You know, for, and for other various reasons. Yes. Um, but you know, yeah. And then we always lived close to each other. Like mm-hmm. we have lived. So you went to LA for a few, you were, well, you were in college in Boston and then you came back for a while. Then you went to LA for a few years, but well, we lived together for a period we of did. time. It didn't, I don't think we were really cut out to live together, but well, Brooke is, Brooke is much neater than I am. <laughs> I'm messy Tessie. Yeah. That was your nickname. Messy Tessie. No, it well, also we lived where we lived, we didn't have like a private. Yeah. You had to walk through one bedroom to get to the other person's bedroom. Mm-hmm. So there was this like a lack of privacy and um, it wasn't good. But it, neither yeah. of us was, were paying rent. We were living in our mom's rental. Unit, yeah. So. so we couldn't really complain too much. <laughs> but we have both lived here in the Bay Area together. I mean, I've I've lived here for um, 30. How old am I? I mean, like 30 years. Mm -hmm. And you've lived here since... When did you come back from LA? In 2000. Okay, so that's 23 years. years, Something like that. Yeah, so we have spent a lot of time together. Yes. And we're, you know, it's just us and and our mom and now, you know, our kids, whatever, so... But we're a small family. So, yeah. But what i think you know what's been interesting about doing this podcast is is that one of the biggest complaints that we've gotten from people is a lot of times people have said that you know well wait a second you your big hook is is that you're a therapist and this one's an attorney and this one's a therapist and aren't you supposed to be um you know talking about the law and talking about the psychological which we do when when it comes up there's not a lot of legal issues in the sister wives you know world but i think one thing that we really want to point out about our personalities is this is is our parents are when it comes to their beliefs and values are very, very similar. They're politically very similar, philosophically very similar. You know, they both believe in education and um, how to raise us. But personality-wise, they are night Opposites. and day. I mean, they both, it's very funny because they both have really big birthdays and it's hilarious. We are planning this huge birthday party for our mom, like, we cannot keep people away from this party. She <laughs> yeah. has got so many friends. We are like 
maxed out. We are mm-hmm. like, people, please do not. We are we are begging people not to RSVP. <laughs> we are like, please say no, please say no. Our father, if we if we even talk to him about planning anything, he would kill us. Yeah. Like we can't even find a photo with a friend for a collage. <laughs> We're like, do we have any photos of him with a friend? They are so different. Our mother is incredibly extroverted. Mm-hmm. She is she is very positive. She is very supportive. Which just she has all these friends in her life because she works at it. Yes. You know, she she makes an effort and she it shows she has had friends, you know, since she's a child that she's still like close with. Talks yeah, with. One of her friends. Yeah. Who's known her entire life. Yeah. Is coming to this party of hers. And she's yeah. going to be. I don't know if she wants me to say her age, but um, but, you know, that's the thing is she is. She's on the phone all day long talking to all of her friends. Mm-hmm. She, um, She's friends with everyone on her street. Oh God. When, when I had my wedding, I, I had to like limit her. I'm like, mom, no more of your friends. And my, and dad who paid for the whole thing was like, huh, who should I invite? <laughs> Let me think about this for a while. Who should I invite? Um, so the, the, yeah. What did he have? Like about four guests? Yeah. If, if any, six, something like four. that. No, yeah. no, it was four. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Um, so she, she is, uh, she's a former teacher and, um, yeah, I mean, she, everyone loves her every single, she has a, a rental unit, as we mentioned, every single person. Her renters are all coming, former renters. Right. People that were her once her renters are coming to this party that yeah. we're throwing for her. That's her personality. And she is um very generous and very loving. And um and, and our, our father is generous and loving yes, too. He is, he he's is. just a he's a severe introvert because I'm an introvert too, mm-hmm. but not to that extent. No. You know, I have friends, I do like to go out, not a lot, but you know, I do. Yeah. But yeah, so going back to like living with them, you know, you spent your formative years with our mom and I spent in Berkeley Berkeley, and I spent my formative year, my high school years anyway, um, with my dad. And I think it really shaped our personalities. I think that's that's why I'm a lawyer and that's why you're a therapist. Mm -hmm. You know, you and mom are very empathetic. You're very, you know, want to talk a lot. (laughs) Yes, we do. (laughs) You know, and my dad and I, we're just more like, deep thinkers, critical thinkers, um, skeptics, you know, and that's just how we operate. And, and I think it's partly coincidence, but also partly shaped by living with those people. Mm -hmm. So when we say that we're talking about things from the perspective of an attorney and a therapist, it's not always literal, you know, Mm -hmm. like we're literally talking about the law or we're literally talking about you know, some sort of psychological disorder or something. It's our viewpoint. Mm -hmm. You know, I view things very differently than you. And I think if you're a listener to this podcast, you know, like we often have very different takes on people and different views. And so you have to think about it in a broader sense. You know, it's not always so, so literal. Yeah. So just to clear that up for, because yeah, people do say that. They say that, you know, we're not, but I feel like, you know, uh, you, I feel like you talk about psychological stuff all the time, no matter what, whether it's sister wives or a documentary or whatever. So I don't really know. I don't understand what people are not getting. Well, and, and, and you're right. It's hard. I mean, 
when we do some of these documentaries, there are legal issues that you can talk about. I think what's what's difficult is, is that a lot of these psychological issues are universal. And a lot of with these documentaries, things ca- come out like the Murdoch thing. And it's hard because you're like, you know, you're a California state attorney versus mm-hmm. being an attorney in um, South Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. The laws are very different state by state by state. Yeah. But I do, I think, you know, it's funny because until you had pointed that out to me, I never really thought about it. I, I always knew that you and I, obviously you and dad always really got along. Mom and I always really got along. We really, you know, I always knew that our personalities meshed in that way. And obviously our parents always saw that as well. But, um, you know, I never really saw how the podcast leaned in that way. Like Mm -hmm. that's how we saw the world. And it's true. You know, I do think that there are lots of times where I will come at something and I will want to look at it from such this, um, I don't know, it's Pollyanna kind of way. (laughs) And you're the one that forces me to kind of be like, what are you thinking? Like, where where is this coming from? Like, why do you trust this thing? And why are you thinking that that is such true? And I'm like, oh, you're right. You know, (laughs) God damn it. You know, and, and you're the one that's really sort of forced me to like, okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. And I don't know. I, I, I feel like I've probably spent a lot more money on things that I haven't really needed to spend money on and I kick myself, but I wouldn't change it. You know, I don't know. Would you you change it? Well, I often wonder if, would I want to be more cynical? Mm. Because I think that I would. Sometimes it's not a good way to be, Well, you know, yes and no, because I do wonder, like, if I was more cynical, would I, would things be different? Would I have made different decisions and choices in my life? Probably. And would that be a good thing or a bad thing? Because I think that, I think that one of the best qualities that I have and one of the worst qualities that I have is I tend to say yes. And I jump in with two feet Mm -hmm. and I tend to say, okay, great. Yes. And it's interesting people that I meet in, in the world and, and clients that I meet, it's people that tend to say yes, need to learn to say no more. Mm -hmm. And people that say no a lot need to say yes more. And, and I know that about myself, that my biggest challenge is I have to learn how to like slow down and say, let me think about it. No. Yeah. And whether it's trying something new, you know, trying a new program, trying you know, a new thing, new fad, new this, new that, whatever it is. I tend to like, ooh, that's new and shiny. Like I like whatever the new shiny thing is in front of me. Yeah. And I and I easily am someone who, you know, I don't think I would join a cult. <laughs> well, hopefully not. I have never joined a cult or done anything like that. I'm not that bad, but I have very easily gotten um kind of hooked into things mm-hmm. that I, looking back now, I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, yeah. that was insane. Well, I think it's a universal truth that your best quality is also your yes. worst quality. It's true. And, you know, we all just do the best we can and learn, learn throughout life. You know, I've had to learn to soften myself and, you know, you have to learn to mm-hmm. um, toughen up, toughen up, be mm-hmm. more discerning about things. But, you know, I think... What can I say? Yeah. You know, we've had a 
we've had we've been very fortunate you know we have great parents yes and have had a great um sister relationship and you know yeah, nothing's perfect but you know i i look at other families and i'm just like sometimes i'm like oh god i'm so lucky like yeah I'm not dealing with this kind of stuff like you know for i mean there's no like for instance it's thanksgiving and there's no like expectations about what we have to do like of course our dad he doesn't really celebrate anything <laughs> We're lucky if we hear from dad. Yeah. Well, um, I'll, we'll try to call him on Thanksgiving and he oh probably God, won't pick he up won't his pick cell up. phone. He, the cell phone that I pay for. <laughs> and because we wanted him to have some kind of new cell phone that we could reach him. Yeah. Because he and now his secretary, because he's closing down, you know, he's trying to wind down his office. So now we're not going to be able to reach him. We this could is, always reach him Monday oh through Friday. God. This is the other. To five. This was the other issue with our father. Was we? Yes, that was the only way to reach our father. <laughs> was was through his secretary. This has been the only way I we know. can reach him. Is I'm scared his, now. What's going to happen? I know because he doesn't use his phone and he won't answer it. And you know what the worst part is? There have been times that I've called him. He says, "Yes, I heard your message, and I did not pick up." <laughs> I did not pick up your own child. I know. Yes, I heard you. I did not pick up on you. <laughs> I'm like, thanks, Dad. Oh, wow. Yeah, that that's pretty bad. It but, is. Um, it is. Yeah. The man, the man loves us. It's, it's not from a lack of love. It's just truly from a lack of, I don't know. Well, you can explain. You understand Dad much better than the rest of us. Well, I don't know if I do. I guess I'm just kind of used to it. But yeah, it's interesting because you mentioned that, you know, he, my dad is retiring and I've been working for him for 20 years. Yes. And I did not want to take over his practice because that would require me spending a lot of time in Ukiah, which I'm just not interested in doing. And I'm not interested in being a business owner. Mm -hmm. You know, I like being an employee. Yes. (laughs) Really quick. And I actually have my own business. and, And I think that's one thing with dad that I do share I think I do share a bit with dad. I do share this love of working for myself and um, working a lot Mm -hmm. and like um, obsessively working a lot and working all the time. I do have a lot of that in me. Mm -hmm. Sorry, go on. Um, what was I saying? Sorry about you, but this new change. Okay. Brooke's been going through a transition. Yes, I have. So I, I found a job. Yes. And I've been um, there for about three months and I'm still winding some stuff up with dad. But, I, it, <laughs> you know, I got so used to working with him where there was not a lot of contact, mm-hmm. especially in the end. In the beginning, when I first started working for him and I was still learning a lot about being a lawyer and what to do, we talked a lot more because I had a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. And then as time went on, I didn't really have a lot of questions. And there'd be times like a long time would go by and we just wouldn't even talk because I did. There was no reason. I didn't have any questions for me. You know, I just, I could do everything by myself. And so now I'm, you know, working with a lot of people like all day long. It's like, um, phone calls and meetings and, um, zoom meetings and (laughs) emails and like all this contact with people. And it's, I'm getting used to it, but it's overwhelming. Yeah. Like really overwhelming. And I, again, I am, and I'm learning like a new area of the law and I'm, you know, trying to learn how, how this office works. So, yeah, it, it's really been a lot. And, yeah. you know, so, I mean, I, the, the contrast was just a lot, but I really do. I, I really miss 
working with him. Yeah. You know, I really do. Oh, you should tell him. I did. I actually called him one day and I said, I miss you. And I, and I even, and what did he say? He was like, nothing. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I don't remember, but it was not like, oh, I miss you too. Or it's not the same without you. It was just kind of like, huh. And then he started talking about something. Oh, Jesus God. Yeah. I think it was too, maybe too overweight. I mean, I think that's another thing too. Like if, if, you get into a conversation with him and it starts to get heavy. Yes. He really puts up walls because he doesn't want to start crying or, mm-hmm. you know. And I remember when I told him that I got in the job because I just decided to start looking for a job. I thought I'd have a hard time finding one because mm-hmm. of my age and, you know, like, I don't know. Um, but it, it happened really fast. And then I he didn't even know I was... Um, doing that. And I was afraid to tell him. Yeah. And I got very emotional and, you know, I was like ugly crying and, (laughs) (laughs) and he was just trying to be stoic through all And I think he was trying to, he was trying to keep from, you know, falling apart himself. So I'm sure he was. Yeah. God, we're really getting raw here. Like, (laughs) yeah, I'm about to cry. This is so emotional. I know. So yeah, he's, I wonder if he then got off the phone and cried, if he let himself go to that place. I don't know. Because I think he has it in him. I really do. Yeah. Well, the the one and only time I saw him cry is when I left home to go to college. And he was sobbing. Sobbing? Oh, my gosh. Well, not sobbing like he wasn't like like, uh, vocally sobbing, but he had like tears streaming down his face streaming streaming oh my god he was very quiet i've never seen him cry (laughs) yeah that was the that's the only time wow you know what he said i told you what he said to me when he put me on the plane (laughs) take it easy (laughs) (laughs) oh wow (laughs) take it easy jess take it easy (laughs) they put one my parents put me on the plane (laughs) to go across the country to go to college i'm a gen xer people like this is how this is how gen xers roll yeah yeah yeah, I was in the driveway because, of course, I was driving myself to school yes. by myself. <laughs> of course, you got to Santa Barbara. <laughs> well, actually, I, mom did go with me. I drove to Berkeley and then, and then she drove down with me. But I remember when I was saying goodbye to her, this was kind of out of character for her. Um, she was taking the train home and mm-hmm. I'm dropping her off at the train station and I started crying. Mm-hmm. And she was very much like, you know, bye, you know, yeah. you're going to you know, fly free. You know, but, that's like, how, but that's how she was with me. Cause dad picked me up to take me to the airport mm-hmm. and she was live, laugh, love. <laughs> I just want to say our mother, she our mother coined said that she coined live, laugh, love in the eighties. She should have trademarked say, She should have trademarked it then. Cause she would be a billionaire yeah. right now. Live, laugh, love. She, she said, said that to time. us all the time. And she, that's what she said. Live, laugh, love. <laughs> Go be free. She said the same yeah. thing to me. That was her live, laugh, love, and take it easy. Those were the <laughs> words I got when I went off to college. Wow, that's real warm and fuzzy. Yes, yes. Yet I have all this empathy and, and inside of me. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a bitter Betty about things. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. But I was God damn it. I was gonna say something, and this is what happens when you get old. Um Oh, about introvert and extrovert. So this is, of course, the irony of all of this is we each have one child. You have the most extroverted child Mm -hmm. in the world, will loves to be out and about constantly. Hates being at home. Hates being at home. 
out and about constantly doing things, tons of friends, you know, just going a mile a minute. I have and myself and my husband, both, we are both extroverts. We have the most introverted child. We cannot get him to, he has no friends. He never leaves the house. And he is just like our father. I swear mm-hmm. to God. I mean, he, my, our mother, it's so funny. She's like, she'll spend an afternoon with our son. And she's like, it's like the sixties and seventies all over again. <laughs> she's just like, it's like being with your father all over again. Sometimes he is he says some things, and I swear to God, it's like being with dad sometimes. Like, he'll just be like, Ugh, it's enough with that person. I mean, he's just, he is just, he's a lot like dad sometimes. Some of the things that he says and some of the, just his attitude about people and all of that. Mm-hmm. And it's just funny. And I, and I often laugh, like, is this what, is this what the universe wants for us to like be challenged right, in this way right. because I was like, why in God's name do you give two extroverts this massively introverted child mm-hmm. that's like forced us to stay home constantly and like battle this out. And you have to constantly be out constantly, yeah. you know, out. But also that was a good thing too, because I, because I had to go and my daughter was also a dancer. And mm-hmm. so there was a million dance recitals a million like taking her i mean she was going to ballet like four days a week taking her to the studio picking her up but the, it forced me to get to know like the other parents mm-hmm. and like school activities she was a cheerleader i was you know at the football games every mm-hmm. friday night forced me to make friends with you know parents. so it was good for me yeah. because otherwise i would have just been sitting at home yeah and, you know i wouldn't have gotten out and met all these people and i'm a single parent i've always been a single parent and so i needed to get out and yeah. be around well, I guess that's true. other adults and um i i wouldn't have met i made you know a lot of good friends that way so that was a positive for me i don't think it would have been good if if she was a real introvert. That's yeah. true. I will say I'm very grateful that I did not have to schlep my kid around to soccer or whatever or to like baseball every mm-hmm. weekend. I am Steve and I are very happy we didn't have to do that. I would be nice if he had a friend or two. I think dad at least had a friend growing up. He had friends and all yeah. that. He's always like well, been a social also, person. You know, because a co combination of things like COVID and then um, you know, like both of our kids' educations got really derailed yes, and weird it yes. sounds, you know during that time so you know I, I think he'll he'll grow out of it yeah I, I'm, I'm not worried I think you know anybody who has a kid who's you know are a gen x kid I mean gen y gen, gen, y, gen, z. gen z sorry anybody who has a gen z kid can understand where we're coming from which is it's just so hard. Everybody's kid got some short end of the stick, no mm-hmm. matter what, no matter what their age was. And I think all of them are trying to figure out what to do. And um, I don't know, COVID was good for me in the sense that it just, my son was always struggling in school and struggling with the his anxiety and the social part. And it just helped us tremendous realize like he can, he can just have a weird school thing and it'll be okay. Mm -hmm. Like whatever. And he, you know, it's just, it's fine. You know, whatever it's going to be. And, and he's going to be 16 in a couple weeks. And it's just like, uh, he'll, he'll eventually, you know, leave our house. (laughs) He can't be here forever. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. it'll, it'll work itself out. And he gets, it's funny too, because Christmas is coming up and his birthday's happening. And, um, 
he said to us, he's like, yeah, well, I really, I have everything, so I don't really need anything. Oh, I'm that's like, oh. nice. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Phew, Jesus. Yeah. You know, well, hopefully that's... we don't have to pay for anything. Yeah, that's nice. I know. It's, it's, yeah, and like my daughter now, she, she's making so much money. I like, I used to always be slipping her, you know, she has like a, you know, she has like a food budget and of course I pay for her, you know, all of her apartment and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, now she's making like a lot of, she's working a lot, making a lot of money. So I'm like, you know, I don't feel compelled to yeah. slip in extra money. She's paying for her own trips. And so it's really nice. Yes. <laughs> it is really nice. And, and, and it makes her feel good, you know, it makes her feel independent and, um, and good. And yeah. And I'm at the point now with her where it's like, you know, I don't think she's ever going to come back and stay here for more than a week or two, which is kind of sad because yeah. we spent, well, we've spent so much time together for the last 20 years, but I mean, you know, we were together 24 seven all through COVID. And then when she came home after her first two years of college, she was here all summer, mm-hmm. all Christmas break, you know, and now she's coming home. Well, she's not coming home for Thanksgiving. I'm actually going to see her in L.A., but um, she's only coming home for a week at Christmas time, and then mm-hmm. she's going to Hawaii for three weeks. Yes, and to work, <laughs> you know, which is I appreciate. That's cool. Um, and then she basically told me she loves her apartment. She's not moving out. She's basically staying there. She's never coming. She's never yeah. going to live at home again. Yeah. And I was like, well, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> and I think honestly, I think she's a Southern California person. Yeah. I think she prefers it there, and I don't think she's going to be a Northern California person. I really don't. I think she'd really, I mean, maybe she'll come back up here. I don't know. But I think she prefers, I think she prefers it down there, to be honest. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of change. Yeah. It's a lot of change, a lot of uh, new things in my life right now. But, you know, doing the podcast has been, um, you know, I can't believe we're still doing it. Yes. (laughs) Well, you know, so the whole thing started, we started doing this. So for, I don't know how many years ago so you and i always watched housewives mm-hmm. and we always watched this kind of trash tv 90 day fiance yes 90 day fiance or you would find i think you found 90 day fiance and we yeah and we also loved watch what crap ends we mm-hmm. loved ben and ronnie and i want to say that i found that show or you found that show when it was i mean i feel like it was, oh, it was episode, like episode four yes, or something really yeah. early when yeah. matt was on and yeah and um we were diehards we saw them when they came to san francisco yeah. there was that really drunk girl <laughs> what about dorinda like <laughs> what are you doing here without dorinda like mm. god it was like they were covering jersey i'm like you're not even on the right <laughs> housewife <laughs> show um so anyway, so we loved them. And then we would we would get on the phone and talk for hours about these shows because we I really didn't have anyone else to talk to about them, nor did I want to tell anybody else that I was watching these <laughs> you didn't shows. Want to, back then, it was still considered like if you admitted that you yes. watched these shows. Now, not so much. Yeah, this was the early, this, this is like 2012. Tw- this is like 12 years ago. Yes. Yeah. So, um, and every time we would talk for hours and hours, and then I would get off the phone with you and Steve would say, that's a podcast. You guys should do a podcast. Mm -hmm. But this was very early in the podcasting days. And I was like, what, huh? No. And my husband's an audio engineer Mm -hmm. and, um, and has been for a long, long time. And he was like, no, that's, that's, you should do a podcast. And, 
And, you know, we were going, but you, you're, Brooke is, like she said, has been a single mom. And I know it's always been really hard for her. She's, you know, really done and had to do everything on her own for so long. And so I knew, I always knew in the back of my mind, like, there's no way you could do this when Layla was little, mm-hmm. you know? And so podcasts became more and more popular. And then we got into um, Jake and Matt and the Sissy Squad mm-hmm. and, um, watching 90, you turned me on to 90 day fiance and, and those guys. And, um, and then I think it was just, I think it was just like Layla finally went off to college and got herself situated, mm-hmm. got settled. And I had some health issues that were very serious, but then I got through those. And I think that it was just sort of like, I can't remember what it was. I think we just started talking. It was like the timing well, I, was right. The way that I, yeah, the way I remembered it, you said something to me like, you know, my friends always tell me or people always tell me that we should do a podcast. And I said, I'd love to do a podcast. <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah, because I love podcasts. Yeah. So why wouldn't I want to, you know, yeah. talk about this stuff? So, yeah. And, you know, thank God for Steve. We wouldn't have been doing this if it weren't for him. We yeah. didn't know, like, well, what do we do? How do we do this? And, you know, he got everything set up, told us what kind of equipment to buy, all that kind of stuff. And he edits everything yes, and does, yes. does the sound. So um, yes. that was also fortuitous <laughs> that, that he he was there. But um, And he did music. He does the music. He did the, you know, the... the um, sorry, this is what happens when you get old. <laughs> is you cannot think of words anymore. Um, the, the art, the oh, cyclical pop, because yeah. we wanted to look very 80s. And I had tried in 2018, I tried to do a podcast with my friend, Abby, who's got a great podcast, Relationships Made Easy, with Abby, Dr. Abby Metcalf. Um, check it out if you are, are having relationship issues. Um, and she, so she went out and did it on her own. And then I tried to do my own podcast in 20. 19, Mm -hmm. uh, before the pandemic. And the problem was that I hated just talking to myself. I was like in my garage talking to myself, blah, 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 blah. And the thing I wanted to do a podcast about 20 somethings, because that's really what I focus on are millennials, Gen Zers and the 20 something years and becoming who you are as a human being and all of that. And I want to talk about that, but I also wanted to talk about like, you know, James and Lala from, <laughs> from Vanderpump Rules in their 20 something years. And I had, I wanted to have someone to talk to mm-hmm. about those things. And I didn't have anyone to talk to. I wanted to talk about these shows, popular culture and, and all of that with another person. And Abby didn't watch TV. So I, I couldn't do that with her. And I just had no one. And then that's, but then, you know, the pandemic hit and then I got sick and then, you know, it was like one thing after another. And then this was sort of this evolution yeah. of you and I talking about it. And um, so that's how we arrived here. And I think that it was it was also that part of like, hey, we have different we're sisters, but we have different perspectives mm-hmm. on things. I mean, I think that just like how our I think you and I are very much like our parents where philosophically our politics are the same, our values are the same, but we look at the world very differently. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that we, um, we don't philosophically wor- look at the world differently. We vote very much along the same lines and believe in the same things, but just like we would, you know, look at a particular situation, I think you would look at it much more cynically than I would. Yeah, I would be sure. much more of the, Oh, well, maybe, you know, because when I 
pitched the idea of doing this episode, I was, I pitched it as, well, we could talk about, you know, things, topics that, um, we reject because when we come up with various pop culture things that we're going to cover, we have to agree. So, and I will say that we do always take into consideration anything that you all bring to us. We don't always respond. I'm sorry, but, um, and I had brought up uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because I started watching it again. I went back and watched the old episodes and I started watching it again now. And Brooke was like, oh, I don't know. And I said, well, we can just talk about all the things that we, you know, we didn't agree on because Brooke wanted to talk about the Jada Pinkett Smith book. And <laughs> yeah, I said, shut no. that one down. Oh, I had a visceral reaction to that one. <laughs> I haven't even read it. I just brought it up <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a topic. And I was like, God, I have, I have to be able to talk to somebody about Erica because I think I believe her. I think I... I think I trust her now. Oh God, what? What happened? <laughs> I'm now an Erica fan. <laughs> no, please. Okay, but now Brooks got me back down. Now I'm back. <clears throat> I'm back. I'm back. But but you're not watching this season, right? No, I have not okay. seen any episodes, so I don't know what Erica's doing. Well, she's. I think she's having her redemption season. Mm. But I guess I'm wondering. So, but you watched the other seasons, right? You watched last season and the season before. I didn't watch the whole season, but I know that that was all during the time when all the stuff was coming out about her husband and, you know, she was acting like a a victim. Okay. Yeah. So here, this is what I want your legal thoughts on. Mm -hmm. So I'm sorry, everyone who's probably already watched this already, because what happened was in 2020, when the world was burning and everything was going down. I kind of just could not handle the housewives. Like I really stopped watching a lot of stuff because I was just like, I cannot. So I missed that season and I went back and rewatched that season. And then I missed that the season afterwards. So I'm in the middle of the 2021 season because we're currently watching. So the 2021 season is the season, which is awful. The season where Dorit, you know, is held at gunpoint, which is terrible. That was last season. That was last season. Yes. So in during this season, we are getting the drunk Erica. She's drunk a lot. Mm. She's, you know, and so this new season, the one that's happening now, um, where Kyle is sober and all of that, Erica is being much more vulnerable and honest. But what's hilarious is in the second episode, she asks, Dorit says to her, you know, I just really need you to be more empathetic. And Erica goes, well, what's empathy? Like she was serious? I think so. So, she can't. She has to know what empathy. Yeah, means. and I'm thinking to myself, was she just being sarcastic? No, she was serious. She didn't. So I'm thinking to myself, what's going on here? But so the attitude that she had way back when was that she was mad at all the women, especially Sutton, because they were all doubting that, thinking that she was a liar. Oh yeah, I remember um, because Sutton read an article oh, in the L.A. Times <laughs> and, and and met with a lawyer. Yeah, and questioned whether or not Erica was a liar. Right? Yeah. Well, with good reason. You, you know, Erica is also named in yes several of these yes. lawsuits that and yeah. and so and and they are actually still going on now. Right. Like oh, the, yeah. she has this attitude, which she continues to have, which is that all of her problems are over. Right. But I want to know the, your legal opinion about... So Erica continues to, to, to sort of take this attitude of, well, how do I describe it? it? It's kind of this attitude of, 
I can't show any remorse or I can't take any kind of side or I can't show empathy or compassion Mm -hmm. or anything because all of these legal cases are still going on. So she kind of, I feel like her line has always been, you know, I'm married in a, to an attorney and I've always been told that I can't show any remorse or any, anything to anyone because legally that's how I protect myself. Do you understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, no. And she, she said that last season too. Okay. Yeah. Cause Is I, that I did see that. Because well, I, I, I think that the, I don't know if she got this advice from Tom Girardi, but she, she could, she probably got the advice from her current attorneys. Mm-hmm. They said, look, if you're going to go on this TV show, you know, cause people get in trouble mm-hmm. on these housewife shows for, you know, doing or saying too much. They probably said, yeah, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot talk about this in any way, shape or form. You cannot react to it in any way, shape or form, you know, because also too, if she ever went to trial, people who would be on the jury, they watch these shows, Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, she shouldn't she should be completely neutral. She, like and so that's why she like showing remorse for the victims, mm-hmm. which is what they were pressuring her to do yeah. last season. Anyway, um, showing remorse for the victims or compassion or whatever, it, it could make you look guilty. Mm-hmm. So th- because that was every- or Tom look guilty. Oh, you know okay. what I'm saying? Because that's it. So to feel remorse for the victims, um, that assumes that they are they are victims. That assumes that they, uh, you know, were mm-hmm. not given the money they were supposed to have been given. That would mean that Tom is guilty and possibly that Erica, you know, is implicated. Okay. So that's why she can't show any feeling whatsoever. She has to be like completely neutral. So do you think then that her behavior was the right way to behave? (sighs) Legally, yes. But for for being on this TV show, it's kind of hard because then you just, what what are people supposed to do with that? Mm -hmm. You know, she wants to be on this TV show, act like nothing ever happened with her husband, act like she's not currently involved in a a lot of serious legal trouble and she just wants everyone to just focus on, you know, her new show or, you know, whatever yeah. she's doing. Um, yeah. And, and it's like, well, you know, that doesn't really work. That's not but really the formula. But what choice does she have? That's the, this is the only way so this woman she can, can make, make money. money. I know. Well, I guess as long as Bravo is willing to take it mm-hmm. and they're willing to pay her, then okay. But, I mean, really, if you take a step back and look at this, what choice does this woman have? She really has no other choice. No, she has no other way to make this much money. She has no other way to make this much money. She has no other way to make this much money. The one thing that really does bug me is I do think she needed to get, like, she could have, she could have, she needed to stop saying things like my little casita Mm -hmm. to her million dollar home. More than a million. Yeah, a couple million. Well, she's renting. She's renting. And I really, I I think she really needed to get rid of the glam team. Yeah. I mean, you're still paying Mikey. I mean, do you, you know, or is Mikey doing this for you as a favor or what's going on here? That's what I want to know. Like, I kind of, I, I understand. I, I don't know. I, I'm just having, I keep going back and forth with her. Like, I, she is, she's hard to love. And I, and I understand 
see, this is the empathy part of me. I really do understand like knowing her history and the scenes I've seen with her mother and knowing her relationship with Tom. And I think that this has been a woman who I feel like has been abused almost. She's like a scared dog. I think she's a user. You think she's a user? She's a user. You know, she is. She left her child with somebody. I don't know. Her dad. The dad. With the dad. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But roles reverse. Men do that all the time. True. I'm not saying it's proper then either. Okay. But she left her child to go to California to to Hollywood to try to make it. Mm -hmm. And when she couldn't make it, she found some rich guy, you know, who's 40 years older than her and married him. And, you know, he paid for her to have this Erica Jane persona and go, you know, sing in gay clubs or whatever she was doing before she got on the show. And I don't know. And she's just, see, I, I can, I cannot find any redeeming qualities about her at all. I just find her to be so, it's like, I just don't even care. Mm. I, I I can't, I don't feel sorry for her. I, I, I think she knew she, maybe she didn't know like the numbers and the details, but I think she knew what was going on hmm. with, with Tom. Mm-hmm. And I just don't like her. I just can't really get worked up about her at all. Okay. I don't know. Do I, you feel sorry for her? Like you know, I don't, I do not, I do not feel sorry for her. I don't. Because she knew what she was getting herself into and she, and she said it too. She knew what she, she was marrying the devil. She was, she, she, I think she very much knew when she married Tom, what she was, what she was signing up for, for sure. Mm -hmm. She knew that. And, um, I think that it, I think that it got worse and worse and worse. And I think that she, um, probably didn't know how bad it was going to get or what she, you know, no one, no one marries a man like that thinking it was going to be that bad or this is how it was all right, going to gonna be end like this. Yeah. But, but I do think that she had to put on a face. I think that she had to put on a persona. I, I, and I, and I don't know if we really even know who er- who Erica is as a human being. I mean, I think there's Erica Girardi and I think there's Erica Jane, mm-hmm. but I don't even know who, what Erica's last real last name is. Like, I don't even know who really this woman is. And I don't know if she even knows who that person is. I mean, I, I truly don't know. I think that she's so used to playing yeah. roles in her life that I don't think she knows who she is as a human being, as as a person. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I think she's definitely trying to go on this redemption tour. And I'm, I, I kind of go, I don't know. I kind of go where the wind goes sometimes. And so I'm like, oh, oh, maybe. But then I take a step back and I think about, you know, the victims and the families. And mm-hmm. then I think, ugh, uh, you gotta, yeah, no, God, bad. lady. I mean, you can't, you, you know, you can't not have the glam team, you know, ugh. you know, even if you're pretending, like, even if you still have the glam team, do they really have to be on camera? I mean, you can't hide them. You can't, ugh. you know, something, I don't know, or just not have them for a couple Well, of years. I think she has to, she has to have the glam team to be on the show and she's got some show in Las Vegas and whatever to yeah. make some money. I don't think, I think she's just barely getting by. Yeah. You know, Cause her so. expenses, it's kind of like a business expense for her and maybe she could find a one that charged less or something, but yeah, she can't, you know, she's created this persona and she can't just now come show up in her own hair, doing yeah, her I own hair so. and makeup. Yeah. It's not going to work. 
So well, okay. I had to know that. I just had to ask you about that because I had to know about that. But anyway, well, Beverly Hills was one of the things that we shot down. I can't remember what some of the other things were. I I think reading books was one that we really, we tried. We wanted to do the, we were last year we were going to, or earlier this year, we were going to do the Harry Prince oh. Harry book, and but then it was, it was like, like oh, that's too long. Pages. Yeah, it was very long, and then yeah. But. Well, I just yeah, I I don't I think we we usually agree. It's yeah. It's, it, there haven't been that many times where it's been like, oh God, no, I don't want to do that, except for Jada. <laughs> <laughs> but usually it's kind of like, oh yeah, oh I don't really want to read an eight hundred page yeah. book. Um, I don't know. I read so much all day, and I'm on the computer. I it's really hard for me to read. And other yeah. times. So I listened to audiobooks. I just fish and finished an excellent audiobook, um, Class by Stephanie Land. Mm-hmm. And it's the um, follow up memoir to her first memoir made. And it's very, very good. And um, I really related to it as being a single parent. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I didn't, I mean, I'm very fortunate. Um, to have a lot of resources and support, but she, you know, she was a single mother living in poverty. Um, but the, the themes are the same, mm-hmm. you know, the feelings of loneliness and just that feeling of having to do everything yourself and never getting a break. And, you know, the stigma people like to put on it. And mm-hmm. so I think, you know, anyone who can identify with that, I would recommend that. Yeah. Very good. Okay. Well, it's almost an hour, so oh gosh, <laughs> just talk, well, talk, 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 talk. We got real, real vulnerable here. Yeah, yeah. God, I, we well, got to tell mom she cannot listen to this. Episode. <laughs> I don't see. You think this is real vulnerable, and I'm kind of like, mm, no, oh. I, I don't. Even, I don't even think it was that much. This is the kind of crap I tell people all the time. <laughs> well, I just like I I'll, I'll meet new people and tell them half this stuff. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you you have a different uh, yeah. definition, but yeah, I just well hope well I get down and dirty with yeah. <laughs> with people constantly. Well, Dad will never know that oh, this God. exists. But Dad we, has we, no idea how to. He won't even pick up the, our phone calls. I like, don't even think he knows that we have a podcast. No. He I can't. think we told I I mean we told him but I know he's forgotten. Oh, I had to remind him that I wrote a book. <laughs> he's like, "Oh, that's right. You wrote a book. Now, where is that book?" <laughs> I know the book is somewhere. Wait, hold on. No, Carrie took the book from me. That's right. <laughs> Let me think about this. Hold on. <laughs> God. Yeah. yeah. I mean, half the time I have to call him up and remind him of things and then he's like, "Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, yes. That's right." Yeah. So we just, it's just mom. We have to keep yes. her away <laughs> because I know she's not going to like any. Well, I don't know who showed her how to download the podcasts. Cause I know we showed her. I think we did. Well, we should yeah, have showed her. We wanted a subscriber. Oh, so. that's right. We were, that's the problem. In the beginning, we were so desperate for subscribers. We showed her how to do it. God damn it. Now, yeah. you know what? We need to go into her phone and unsubscribe <laughs> her. It, yeah. And she will never know how to, un- well, she will never know how to get never back She'll never figure it. out how to resubscribe. But she, yeah, she doesn't listen to every episode, I don't think. No. But I mm-hmm. know that she went, there are times where she's listened and, and she, then she gets mad because we talked about her. Yes. And well, sorry, mom. It's like, sorry. That's that's that. You're a great mom. You have nothing to be. Yes, we just ne- said a lot of nice things, and we're throwing a party for you. Yes. So you we, know, we just spent our entire afternoon making a <laughs> a photo collage of 
<laughs> and it was not easy. It was no. very stressful. Uh, collaging. <laughs> I have new respect for you collagers because this was hard. And we're not even finished. Uh, we no. still have to finish it up and put the decoupage on it and everything. So, yeah, don't worry about it, mom. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> all right. Well, let's wrap this one up. I hope everyone has a very, very happy holiday. And if you are dealing with a stressful family, I am very, very sorry. And if I can give you a little therapeutic tip, <laughs> um, I always tell my clients, if you have a family that you cannot stand and they're hard to deal with, um, one good tip is to see yourself as an anthropologist mm. or like a journalist and try to see these people as like you're studying them. <laughs> so remove yourself a little bit from them and be like, oh, yes, I see. Instead of like, instead of getting into things or personalizing them, just remove yourself a little bit and just sort of view it. See yourself as a journalist. You're just looking at these people in that way. It helps. That's a good tip. Yes. Or, and also too, maybe just put some headphones in. Yeah. You know, just go for a walk, walk, separate yourself, go to a different, go take a nap, go to another room. But drinking, drinking more or, you know, getting into discussions with people whose politics are different than yours or, you know, trying to change someone's mind, none of that works. It never does. Like engaging never works. The best thing to do is separate yourself, depersonalize. That's always the best. Oh my God. I was scrolling on, I don't know, TikTok or Instagram or something this morning. And um, there was a clip. I don't know if it was this season. Did Leslie Jones just host Saturday Night Live? I don't know. I haven't been paying attention. I think she did. I think so. I think it was this. I think it was this maybe like last night. And it was a skit where it was like a Thanksgiving table. And she comes in and she's like a someone who comes in and basically shuts down all of that. She's she's like a service, you know, you hire her. She comes in (laughs) and she shuts down all this stuff. So as soon as someone brings up like politics or something, Mm -hmm. she's like, shut up. Stop talking. (laughs) Uh, no, and then someone starts to say something. And she's like, oh, "No, n- n- no, 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 you no!" Know? She just like, <laughs> she's like shutting one person out, and so they go through the whole litany of you know the you know the stereotypical you know things that people do that get yeah. people upset. And it was so funny. But I was yeah. like, "Yeah, that's that's all right, perfect." So that maybe needs to be you. <laughs> you police everybody. Yeah. Nope. No, no, no. Oh, we're not going there. Nope. Shut up. <laughs> Um, all right. So, uh, we are going to be back next week, uh, continuing our coverage of Sister Wives season 18. Hopefully, my God, this episode, this season's got to be wrapping up soon. I hope it's coming to an end. And then we'll be back next Thursday with another documentary. This is the state of Alabama versus Brittany Brittany Smith, Smith. which is a a documentary that's going to want to, if you're, especially if you're female, you're going to want to rip your goddamn hair out yeah uh it's very upsetting and very good very good and yes and i hope you all enjoy your holiday and the rest of the weekend if you do not subscribe please subscribe and follow us on uh psych legal pop on um tiktok and instagram and please give us a a review um a rating and five star rating and review wherever you can Thanks so much for tuning in. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Bye. Bye.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.